Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Week three is almost in the books, and old number three for the Seattle Seahawks has really surged ahead in the MVP conversation. But then again, I don't want to get ahead of myself, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, because there's another couple quarterbacks tonight that might have a little something to say about how the MVP is decided. We got Lamar Jackson hosting Patrick Mahomes tonight on ESPN's Monday Night Football of the 256 regular season games on the schedule. I mean, I don't think it's an overreaction. I'm not just saying this because it's this morning and the game is tonight. This is the most anticipated game to many in the entire National Football League season will be played in front of 250 people. You can buy a cardboard cutout if you want. It costs $55. For uh, your season ticket holder, you can get it for a little less, 45 bucks. But that's the Maryland Department of Health. And it's key. It's kind of a shame because, I mean, I know the world in which we're living in. But to have just even a handful of fans to see these two guys go at it with under the lights, national attention, would have been great. But we'll take what we can get. No, you can. And, and it's... It is a shame, but this is what we're dealing with, right? This is what we face. So you can sit at home, you can watch it on ESPN, ABC, and 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 uh, enjoy, you know, Monday night football. That's what you're gonna have to do. That's what I gotta do. I mean, I would love to be in the stands too, but safety and health first. No doubt about it. Another thing to keep in mind: so much attention on Monday night football is that the baseball playoffs. Yes, the baseball playoffs are starting tomorrow. And one reason I wanted to just bring this up is because, yeah, it was a 60-game season, and baseball, as we've discussed before, is a fragmented, regionalized sport. If you like the Cubs, you like the Cubs, but maybe you keep an eye on the Cardinals, and that's about it. Or if you're a Yankee fan, you keep an eye on the Red Sox, and that's about it. Yesterday, we woke up. If you're a baseball player, there are eight first-round series. 16 teams are making it largest field ever in Major League Baseball history. On Sunday morning, we didn't know any. What do you got here? No, I'm looking at the can in the the picture. That's all. No, sorry. If you drink Crush, I hope you're not too disappointed with this. Equal time for orange drinks. Um, When you woke up on Sunday morning, none of the eight matchups were set. I think that's kind of cool. That would be like the NBA or the NHL on the final day of the regular season. LeBron's like, yeah, I don't even know who we're playing. That's what it was for every single team yesterday in Major League Baseball. Your Dodgers are going to play the Brewers, who got in yesterday with the first losing record, granted it's 60 games, with the first losing record for a team in the history of the Major League Baseball playoffs. They were 29 and 31. Opening round, best of three, all in the same ballpark. What are your thoughts? And we could lose. I mean, you know, it likely not, but we could because there's only three games. All they got to do is win two of them, right? right. And so... Baseball is so weird. The Dodgers, obviously, you mentioned we got them at home in Dodger Stadium. Uh, I don't think that, you know, we're, I'm sure we're going to roll out Walker Bueller and Kershaw and we're going to do what we need to do to get to the next round. Um, but you could lose. You know, teams could lose. You know, beginning of the year, the Dodgers and the Yankees were pretty much the favorites to, to, to get to the thing in the end. But then the pandemic happened, and then we had to do all of the rescheduling and figure out how many games. And that went on for so long how many games should they play? The owners only want to play this amount. The players want to play that amount. It became a money issue. Now we finally have gotten to the point where October will be playoff baseball. Speaking of, let's go through a couple of interesting storylines. After this round, by the way, then everything is going to be played at neutral sites, and eventually the World Series will be played at the home of the Texas Rangers, and they'll wrap that up no later than October 28th. They want to avoid a second surge. So home fields for everybody early, and then we're going to neutral sites, Los Angeles, San Diego, Arlington, Texas, and Houston. Quick thoughts. The Yankees are the five seed in the AL. The five seed. The Rays are the one seed. Well, it's just like the same thing with the Dodgers, right? The Yankees, get, they take care of business. They move, they advance. They don't, they go home, whether they're the one seed or the eighth seed. 
it, it's everybody's even, really, to be honest with you. Everybody's even. Garrett Cole will start for the Yankees, Shane Bieber for the Indians, and for all the money they paid Garrett Cole, Shane Bieber's had a better year. He he has, and, and when you look at it, there are no fans in the stands, so right. there's no home field advantage for anybody. You know what's great about not having fans? The Houston Astros not having to be booed left and right everywhere they go. They are the sixth seed. The Astros have made it in. Baseball's biggest offseason story. Yeah, they should just get blanked. <laughs> that's right? what I mean, that's it. Yeah, they... Every time people bring up the Astros, I frown. Just cheat it. Just blatant. Just cheat to win. They're taking on the Minnesota Twins. Keys Dodgers will take on the Brewers. The Padres in the playoffs for the first time in 14 years will take on the St. Louis Cardinals and the much maligned, and I know it's a 60-game season, how about the Miami Marlins under Derek Jeter for everything that they have gone through? They are in. They'll get the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, they, they, uh, you know, they deserve to be in. And I'm, happy for, I'm happy for Jeter because when he – you know, blew everything up and traded uh, Carlos Stanton, and everybody was like, oh, they just care about the money. They're completely trashing the organization, and now they're in the playoffs, and they take on Chicago, like you said. One quick programming note, ESPN Television is going to be televising seven of the eight wildcard series. The series between Toronto and Tampa Bay will be on Turner, and ESPN will be airing the other seven. ESPN Radio will have four games tomorrow, four Wednesday, four Thursday. If you're a fan of an American League team, they'll play Tuesday, Wednesday, possibly Thursday, because it's best of three. Could wrap it up by Wednesday. If you're a National League fan, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. May not play Friday. They could wrap it up Wednesday and Thursday. And Wednesday's the big day key. Eight playoff games on Wednesday. No, it is eight. This is a funny you would think ESPN would take the last game, right? They gave it to Turner. Like, here, here, you can take that one. But it, it's, it's weird right now, right? Because we got all these different sports that we got to try to pay attention to. Baseball, football. Now we got the NBA Finals. That's, that, I think the NBA starts Wednesday, right? It does right? start Wednesday night. You got that on Wednesday as well. So now I got to watch the Dodgers. And I have to pay attention to what the Lakers are going to do. Yes, and the NFL is back. And the NFL, but that'll Thursday. be Thursday. That'll be the Jets and the Broncos. Speaking of the NFL. So much for that game. Yes, yeah, seriously. <laughs> Hopefully nobody could win. With these two teams, that might be the case. 0-0 tie. <laughs> Channeling yesterday's Bengals-Eagles tie. Who's more driven to win the Super Bowl, Belichick or Brady? More driven, brought to you by Goodyear. Helping you discover the road ahead, Goodyear. More driven. I mean, this is a discussion all offseason long. The second Brady extricated himself after 20 years in New England, went to Tampa. So here we go. Early returns after a very shaky start for Brady in week one. They've certainly turned it around. The Pats could easily be a 3-0 and team, had a late goal line situation uh, up in Seattle. So your thoughts just very early on, considering what Belichick replaced Brady with and what Brady is now cooking with here the last couple of weeks, better chance to get back to the Super Bowl. Need I remind you, Super Bowl 55 in Tampa, Florida. The better bet to get back to the Super Bowl. First, first. First. Probably Belichick. You know, it... it, it it's one of those conversations that you got to have, right? Because those these two guys for 20 years was aligned. They were at the hip together, lock and step. And I think when you look at it, that NFC is is going to be tough. The AFC is is tough. Pittsburgh is there, Kansas City, Baltimore. Then, you know, Buffalo could be real, but I'm not worried about Buffalo against New England. I think when you look at Tom Brady and you look at what they're doing in Tampa, which is great, but you also got to look at some of those other teams in the NFC, which is, you know, that's a tough division. Green Bay, I mean, conference, Green Bay, New Orleans will get theirs together, Seattle. 
and the Rams will, will, will eventually get theirs together. You know, so you start to look around that conference and say, hmm, what what does that really mean? Now you go to AFC and you look at that. You got Kansas City, Pittsburgh, you know, Baltimore for the most part. Those are probably the big three within this conference. But Cam Newton and what Belichick has been able to do from a philosophy standpoint with him speaks volumes. He's taking another quarterback, and he's winning football games with that other quarterback. And I always say to people, there's nothing against Brady. Brady's one of the best to ever do it, if not the best. But what if Bill Belichick had a quarterback for consecutive years for extended periods of time? I mean, you know, people point to Matt Castle's situation at 11-5. and five. He did go 11-5 and five with Matt Castle. What happens if Matt Castle is there two, three straight years as a starting quarterback? Mm-hmm. That familiarity with him and understanding what it is that he does well, could that be something? Um, we don't know because it never happened. Now you look at Cam Newton, they've obviously studied what he does well and they put it in their game plan. They ran the ball heavy yesterday against the Raiders because the Raiders couldn't stop the run. So going into the game against Seattle, they were going to have a mixture of run and throws. Then in week one against the Dolphins, it was a heavy mix of cam running. Mm -hmm. So week to week, that game plan changes where you almost saw the same game plan with Tom Brady without all of the other little added features in there from week to week. Um, But, yeah, I, I think just Belichick will probably get there he has the easier path, for sure, to get there to the Super Bowl faster. And let's just mention that Cam has the one attribute that Brady never had in 20 years, and that's the mobility. Near-term future, it'll be the Chargers at the Bucks. So Tom Brady will see the Chargers, the team he was maybe rumored to be joining in the offseason before Tampa won out. And New England, this is just a giant game. New England at Kansas City, short week for the Chiefs. You'll see them tonight against the Ravens, and then they got Cam and company coming to Arrowhead next that, Sunday. That's big, right? Arrowhead, Cam, what's that going to be? You know, Brady has gone there and taken care of business before. You know, so it's like, what if Cam goes in the Arrowhead with no fans? <laughs> oh, no, they have fans, huh? They had no, fans, they had week, fans one. week yeah. one. Not a ton, but yeah. Yeah, so if he goes in the Arrowhead and he comes out of Arrowhead with a W, mm. watch out. Yes, that would be the ultimate litmus test. NBA talk, Lakers talk, legacy LeBron talk on the way. But first, let's go from A to Z. Let's begin in the NFL. The Saints have dropped two games in a row for the first time in about three years. Aaron Rodgers was terrific on Sunday night football in New Orleans. Valdez Scantling was great. Alan Lazard was great. No Devontae Adams, but they were able to muster a... 37-30 victory. The Green Bay Packers will now face the Falcons on ESPN's Monday Night Football. That'll be a week from tonight. Russell Wilson continued his hunt for his first MVP award, and believe it or not, his first MVP vote. That was a big storyline going into this game, how that had not occurred. Russell Wilson now has 14 touchdown passes this season. Key mentioned earlier this morning he broke the record of Patrick Mahomes a couple years ago for the most in NFL history through a team's first three Contests and getting some MVP talk is Josh Allen impressed again. 
The Rams were poised to make the third biggest comeback in NFL history, and then the Bills came back on them. There were some questionable calls in this game, particularly regarding P.I., but maybe it all evens out. You might remember the Rams won their first game of the season against the Cowboys on a controversial P.I. call themselves with Jalen Ramsey and Michael Gallup. And that is A to Z. We're ready to talk a little NBA. We do have a chance to close them out, but they're not going to lay down. We came this far. If we go out, we want to go down fighting. And Jimmy Butler, very aggressive early. Marcus Smart, four three-pointers already. Exchanging buckets right now, back and forth. Stolen by Brown. Throws it down, and Boston regains the lead. And Avaya drives down the lane, and the flush. Another comeback for Miami. Miami's improbable run will continue. The Heat are going back to the NBA Finals. Mike Breen, for the first time since 2014, when, of course, you know who was leading them to the finals and you know who who awaits Wednesday night. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. J. Will, by the way, will join us at 9 a.m. Eastern as a guest on his own program for his first look thoughts at the NBA Finals. NBA Insider uh, here at ESPN and co-host of the Hoop Collective podcast. Brian Windhorst joins us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Pennzoil synthetic motor oils made from natural gas gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof's in the Pennzoil based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W. 30. Brian, it seems almost insane to say this because I'm going to say it so casually. LeBron's been in the finals nine of the last 10 years. We're just taking that for granted. You've covered his career from day one, from high school up until this moment. A championship in this year, wearing this jersey, in the year that Kobe died, and everything that surrounds his arrival in L.A. This championship, if it happens, compared to the others, would be where? It's not going to be Cleveland 2016. Um, winning the Lakers 17th championship is not winning the Cavs first championship, but he really, really wants it. And I think that's one of the things that you have really seen develop this year and his drive during this bubble. Um, you know, when he came to Los Angeles, obviously he wanted to try to raise the Lakers up to this level, but the impediments that they hit along the way, Last year, having a terrible year, not only not having success in the playoffs, but not even making it. And then all of the drama and all of the disaster that has happened this season has made this a brass ring that LeBron really, really wants. I, I will push back on the concept that LeBron's legacy is not secure. I believe his legacy is secure. I believe um, he doesn't have to take a third team to a title to qualify under some heading. But clearly, if you watched it, especially if you watched how he grabbed game five uh, Saturday night against the Nuggets and put the Nuggets down with an incredible fourth quarter performance, you can sense just how much this means to him. Brian, you're absolutely right. I agree with you. His legacy is certainly cemented where it's going to be, period. It, it's That's what it is. But what I would say, though, is if he took a third team, in particular the Lakers, given the fact that everything that has gone on with the organization over the last two years, whether it's Magic Johnson abruptly retiring and stepping down to the point of the pandemic, the Kobe situation, just everything that it will kick his legacy up several notches. Yeah, I think this is a difficult thing to discuss because it's talking about another team's failure. But if you look what happened to the Cavs when LeBron left the first time, then what happened when they came back? I mean, the, the concept of missing the playoffs 
and then going to the finals is lunacy. LeBron has now done that twice. He did that when he came back to Cleveland, and then he, you know, he got hurt last year, but then he took this team to the finals. That's, that's amazing. And you saw the Heat. You know, the Heat missed the playoffs three times in, like, 20 years. Then LeBron left, and over five years they missed it three times. Okay, so now they're back. You look at the Lakers, six years in the desert. LeBron gets there, and he has a healthy season. He has them in the finals. That ability to, to, to completely turn teams' fortunes around, and that's not just a passing statement. I mean turn them around is one of the best things you could ever say about his ability to impact uh, basketball. And so here, the Lakers, a very proud franchise, a, a great franchise, which has been to 32 finals now. So that speaks to their, their, their franchise, but hadn't even made the playoffs in six years shows just what he can do. And so I'm not sure that that's going to matter. There are certain people that are going to judge his career a certain way. There are certain people that are going to count statistics, count championships. Uh, When you look at the overall breadth of what he's been able to accomplish for 17 years and his impact on these teams, it's remarkable. Brian, what matchup problems do the Lakers pose for the Heat? So the Heat are probably going to play quite a bit of zone in this series. Um, and zone was extremely effective against the Celtics and even against um, the Bucks. And it's a way to kind of mess with the Lakers who like to play fast and at times struggle in half-court offense, um, especially late in games. And it's a way you can hide your bad defenders and use your real talent uh, defense, especially Bam Adebayo, who will be the best defensive player Anthony Davis has seen in these playoffs. But when you play zone, you are very susceptible to offensive rebounding. And the Lakers used offensive rebounding almost as a sixth player in this series against the Nuggets. Dwight Howard excelled in that area. Anthony Davis, great offensive rebounder as well. So to me, this is going to be a fight at that, at that base again. Can the Heat zone which is as athletic and fierce as any zone I've ever seen, can it withstand the incredible ability that the Lakers have to push the ball up the court and to get those offensive rebounds? Brian Windhorst uh, joining us here on the morning show, joining us here on Keyshot, J. Willie Zubin. I almost, talked, almost mentioned my last show LA. I was on in well, L.A. We're but talking L.A. I know, it's fine. Um, when, you look at, when you look at what the Lakers are up against from an offensive standpoint, against the Miami Heat, what problems do the Heat pose for them? Well, I would say that, you know, for as as impressive as the Lakers have been in this playoffs, 5-5-5, in a Western Conference that is very, very competitive, that is a strong run. Um, They have not faced a team with the overall athleticism and the overall depth that the Heat have. The Heat have eight or nine different guys that they can throw at you, and there's – you know, they could have a different leading score. You play six games, you can have a different leading score in all six games. They are very maneuverable. And Eric Spolstra has shown repeatedly throughout his career, but especially in these playoffs, that he can make adjustments within series and within games. He can undercut your game plan because he can say, okay, we're going to run through Jimmy Butler here. We're going to run through Tyler Hero here. We're going to have our center, Bam Adebayo, bring up the ball. We're going to spread the floor with shooters. We're going to go big. We're going to go small. Last night, he took Goran Dragic, who's been one of the best players in the Eastern Conference playoffs, 
and had him on the bench at the end of the game because he ran with Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. It's the variety that the Heat and Eric Spolster can have that will be a huge challenge to the Lakers. How impressive was it? To, how impressive it is to see two teams that didn't make the playoffs a year ago. Both of these teams are now in the finals. This is just something we've. I mean, so I think some of it speaks to this strange season. I mean, you know what's crazy is that yesterday was the one-year anniversary of the Lakers' opening training camp for this season, <laughs> okay? So <clears throat> you look at Tyler Hero, for example. This guy is a, is a green rookie one year ago. But now you call him still a rookie, but he's been playing NBA basketball for a year. So he doesn't perform like a rookie. So part of it is the nature of this season. But if you watch his playoffs, yeah, these two teams have come a long way. They both went 12-3. and three. They both dominated their own conferences. We would not have said this in March when we shut down. We would not necessarily have said this you know, six or eight weeks ago when I thought the Clippers were the best team in the West. But these two teams have shown to be not only the best teams, but the best teams by a significant margin. And I think we've got the correct teams in the NBA Finals, um, and I think we're going to see, I hope, highly competitive basketball because of it. I couldn't agree with you more. You can check out more of Brian's thoughts on the Hoop Collective podcast. And to think the last time, this shows you how long the year has been, as Brian mentioned, the last time the Heat and Lakers played, it was December. <laughs> how different was our world in December? Brian, great perspective as always. Really appreciate you joining us this morning. Have a great week, guys. Thank you. Same to you. That's Brian Windhorst on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Still to come, a huge Monday night football meeting tonight. Yeah, it's all about the two QBs. But what's the other major factor that might determine tonight's game? One of the voices of Monday Night Football joins us next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 2020, man. Is that kind of a crazy year, I guess? It'll still be a great environment. We'll be ready. They'll be ready. It'll be a great night for football. When we hit this bill, we do what we do. Kansas City! Let's go! Lamar Jackson continues to be red hot. In this league, every game you got to bear down. What about those teams? Throw chaos all day. We know we're going to have to play our best football to get a W. Get ready for the defending champs. Just hours away tonight on ESPN of the 256 games on the regular season schedule. It seems hard to imagine any is more anticipated than this one tonight. Chiefs and Ravens, Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. We're going to head right to the Shell Pennzoil performance line. By the way, Jay, up late doing a little NBA. He'll join us at 9 a.m. As a Eastern. guest. As a guest. 
on his own show. He's never going to let that one go. <laughs> Monday Night Football analyst Lou Riddick joins the show for the Monday Night Football preview brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Lou had an opportunity to sit down with Lamar Jackson before the game, and he's going to join us in just a second. But I want you to listen at home or wherever you're listening to us to what Lamar told Lou about whether he takes any sort of guidance, advice, critique, play from Patrick Mahomes, who will stand across the field from him, or any other quarterback he might face. When you look at Pat, I mean, and I know, you know, I've heard you say this many times, you know, I'm not playing against him, I'm playing against their defense, he's playing against our defense. But when you watch his game, and when quarterbacks watch one another, do you, are there certain things that you really like about his game that you go, you know, I need to try and do a little bit of that? I mean, there, there has to be some of that, right? I mean, you, you, you guys kind of take from one another, don't you, a little bit? No, I don't. I don't know about anybody else, but I don't. Okay. I love LeVar Jackson. Straight, straight truth. And let's welcome in Lou Riddick. There'll be 250 fans in the crowd and three guys in a booth. Steve Levy, Brian Greasy, and Lou Riddick in the latter joins us this morning. All right, Lou, um, were you kind of surprised by that answer? To be honest with you, no, not really. I, I, I was just wondering, though, you know, considering the fact that these two guys are the future in the league – and they're going up against each other now for a third time and what, what is going to be maybe the biggest game of the year. I'm just wondering, you know, when you, when you watch your peers play, even though you're not necessarily going up against one another, you know, head-to-head on the field, you know, sometimes guys, obviously, they respect the heck out of other people to the point where, you know, they go, look, real recognizes real, so to speak. I, I understand that this guy does some things maybe a little bit differently to me, but then there's always – there's always that aspect to your game of you're trying to improve it, right? You're trying to just take from other people, be hypercritical of yourself so you can be one of the very best. So I was just wondering if there was something that maybe he saw in Pat's game that he was like, you know, I can incorporate that a little bit in my game and just, you know, try and win another one of these MVPs. Yeah, so but when he said, no, when he, when he, when he, when he said, no, nah, <laughs> no, nah, man, I don't, I'm not, no. Nah. I was kind of like, you know what though? That's what makes Lamar Lamar. And he's not he's not trying to be anything other than what he is, which at this point is one of the very best quarterbacks in the NFL. Simple as that. When when you asked him that question, uh, Lou, I, I turned to Zubin here and I was like, I put my hands in there. I was like, he's going to say no. I mean, it's just <laughs> I, because that's the way I was. I'm like, I'm not OK. I'm playing against Jerry Rice. He's the greatest of all times. But I got to do me. I can't get caught up in that sort of you know, sort of thing. What are you looking for uh, forward to most tonight in tonight's game, as you call it? I, well, I, I think the the thing is the the unknown that these two guys always bring into a game, meaning Pat and Lamar. The unknown of what are they going to do that is just so spectacular in a game that you know is going to be tightly contested. And what are they going to do from a dramatic standpoint? With, for Lamar, is it going to be a big run? Is it going to be one one of those deep shots that he's been working on and that he has shown so far in the first two weeks that people don't think that he can hit with consistency? With Pat, is it going to be a no look? Is it going to be a left hand? Is it going to be a fourth and fifteen and he completes it as he's rolling out to his right and throws the ball back to field across his you know across his body to the left? I mean, I, I you know it's coming because these two guys are just that good. That's what I'm looking for. The the, the unexpected play, the, the spectacular play that hopefully we all sit there and we go, that's why you tune in to watch these two guys play head-to-head because they're that special, that different. 
Lewis Riddick, Monday Night Football analyst, joining us here on Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin. I'll, we know about the quarterbacks, right? We know who they are. Who else? Who who else could be a big factor? Could it be Marcus Peters? Could it be Humphreys, the two All Pro corners going up against yeah. the the receivers in Kansas City? Could it be uh, who who could it be? Could it be Kelsey? Like who could it be? Yeah, I mean, those are the usual suspects, right? I mean, you know Kelsey's going to play a big role. You know Tyreek Hill's going to play a big role. Nicole Hardman could play a big role for Kansas City because he could break a long one in the in the kicking game as well as on offense. And you know Lamar's going to be there. You know J.K. Dobbins is going to be play a big role. Mark Ingram, those guys are all going to – all the skilled players could be that guy. But the thing that I'm watching close is keep an eye on Kansas City's offensive line versus – the Ravens and their ability to pressure quarterbacks either with four or by sending five or six people because they're one of the they're one of the most creative pressure defenses in the NFL. So just watch their offensive tackles. Watch Eric Fisher on the left side, number seventy-two, you know, and watch Mitchell Schwartz on the right side, number seventy-one. If they're struggling and Pat is getting hit a lot, this that's where the game could possibly turn because they struggled a little bit a week ago against the Chargers with Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa. And Pat looked about as uncomfortable as he's ever looked, but because of how good he is, he was able to make enough plays, figure it out, and they win the football game in overtime. But watch the battle up front. That's where it's going to be decided in this game. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I just look at the numbers. You look inside the way Lou does with his expert analysis, but but Mitchell Schwartz tends to greet out as well as any offensive lineman in the NFL postseason especially he was tremendous last year all the numbers indicate Lou we will see you Steve Levy Brian Greasy Lisa Salters tonight for the most anticipated game of the NFL's regular season really appreciate you getting up early and joining us this morning you bet thanks a lot guys that's Lou Riddick this Monday Night Football preview brought to you by Progressive Insurance drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average Call or click today and find out if we could save you hundreds on your car insurance. Still to come, Adam Gase has got the most scalding hot seat in the NFL, right? There's a guy that's right behind him that not as many people are talking about. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Question the Jets hope they don't have to answer because if they are in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, something has gone terribly wrong 
although the season has honestly gone terribly wrong at this point. Early on, it's short week. They got the Denver Broncos on Thursday. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin here, presented by Progressive Insurance, will be joined by our partner, J. Will, coming up 9 a.m. Eastern. His first thoughts on the NBA Finals. As a guest. As a guest. Heat, Lakers, 9 p.m. Eastern, ABC, Wednesday to crown a champion. What a season it has been. And what a season it has been for both the Jets and the Falcons, both struggling, both yet to win a game, both have lost games in excruciating fashion, in blowout fashion, and as a result, key, both head coaches are squarely on the hot seat. Let's start with Adam Gase, who was asked yesterday about his job being in jeopardy after an implosion against the Colts. I mean, I'm going to do what I always do, come back to come back to work tomorrow and try to get things fixed. I mean, that's something I can't worry about. I got I to gotta focus on getting our guys right. And he'll be trying to get his guys ready Thursday. They will host the Broncos. What do you think right now with what's going on with this organization? Well, it, because it's a short week, I think you evaluate the game, obviously, as, a, as an ownership group or general manager and Joe Douglas and, and, you know, see what can you take out of it that was positive, right? You're like, that's tough. Okay. <laughs> but you also got to get the pulse of the team. And right now, from an outsider looking in, the pulse of the team is like, we want this dude gone, even though we may say, oh, it's not coach's fault. But in the end, there are players on that team that want to see a different voice and a different face moving forward. Um, when you arrive there, maybe after Thursday, maybe after Thursday's game, depending on what that looks like, they go out there and all of a sudden put one together and run the Broncos out of the building. Then st- But if they get run out of the building, then you have to go into the weekend having communicated with him that he's not welcome back in the building the following week. Think about this. The Broncos are either going to play Jeff Driscoll or Brett Rippin. Brett Rippin played yesterday coming off the practice squad. I mean, sometimes you always say, you know, a team's 3-0, and but who have they really played? This could be the opposite for the Jets. They just need a W in the worst of ways, and they're taking on a, a team that's got a worse quarterback situation than they do. Well, that's, that's true, but the Jets doesn't have a bad quarterback. They have bad players around and a bad coach coaching the quarterback. I think the quarterback, has, he has all the tools. See, Sam was a top five pick. The Jets were not the only team that looked at him as a top five pick. Mm-hmm. There's other teams in the league that looked at him as a top five pick. Some couldn't go get him. Some couldn't go up to get him. So, the Jets were not wrong about the player in the pick. They were wrong about the coach and about putting players around him. Now, the players that surround him are not all on Joe Douglas. Joe Douglas just got there. Mm-hmm. So his time as a general manager has, you know, hasn't come full circle for him yet. He's been there two years now. Yep. You've got to let him build his roster the way it needs to. But the coach is supposed to be able to coach whoever they put out on the field. Uh Players within their locker room are not warming up to Adam Gase. You could just tell. I don't need to be in the locker room to look and see, like, oh, yeah, they're not fooling with dude. They're not. They're just – they're not. And so it's it's time to, to move on. Um, you know, when you talk about two teams, the Atlanta Falcons and the New York Jets, coming out of last year, they both had like a second-half surge – where Atlanta went six and two, and I think the Jets are either five and three or six and they two. They were or six something. and two also. Six and two. But I didn't feel about the New York Jets coming into the season the way I felt about Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I felt like Atlanta could make some noise along with the Buccaneers and the Saints. I didn't feel like that about the Jets, even though the Jets finished the year strong you, it, because of the head coach. It just doesn't 
Like the one job that you were brought here for was to teach the quarterback how to be a quarterback because you were supposed to be this offensive genius, expert, innovator, Sean McVay type person. Like if you took Sean McVay and dropped him in New York right now, Sam Donald would look like he on his way to the Hall of Fame. Mm. That's, that's my belief. If you drop Sean McVay in New York right now, that quarterback would be different. Remember what he did with Jared Goff? Jared Goff was with Jeff Fisher. Lost. It, it was like, oh, my God, this dude can't play football. Right, that's what they said. Sean McVay came in, and he did some unique things. He went to more of a college-style mm-hmm. play calling where he would have Jared Goff look to the sidelines. He would help him in situations. And then he eventually took the training wheels off. I haven't seen, I haven't seen any adjustments whatsoever with Adam Gase in teaching Sam Darnold. Nothing. That's a great point. Remember Gurley said about the Rams were running a high school offense and they got a dude in there that was running some things and suddenly everything changed. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. You need the best coverage in not just football, but your wireless network too. Straight Talk Wireless gives you the same networks as big carriers for up to half the cost, 45 bucks a month for 25 gigs of high-speed data, then 2G. Savings may vary. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. We're going to talk about the Falcons in one minute and whether Dan Quinn has talked to his owner about what's going on after yet another loss for them yesterday to the Bears. But real quick, New York. You played in New York. You played in the Apple, the attention. The Jets last week got destroyed by the 49ers. We'll wait to see what the TV numbers are this week. And I don't want to get too insidery here. But the Jets hit like an all-time low in terms of interest for the franchise when they got blown out by the 49ers. I, I know it's a pandemic. People are not watching football the way that they used to watch it. But their rating last week against the 49ers in the New York metropolitan area was akin to like a big-time Yankees regular season contest. That is abysmal. Well, I don't even need to go that far. Uh, I was at a place watching the games, and there's plenty of games on TV. And there's always one television in the far right or left-hand corner. You know, the TVs are usually... 60 inches or so. That one in the corner might have been 24 with <laughs> yeah. the Jets on it. Right? I mean, it was like, and, it, and I'm here in the city now. You're in the tri-state. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. Right. It's in the corner. <laughs> Who's playing over there? I said Jets. Well, everybody else was all on the big monitors. So it just goes to speak to what you're saying. It's unbelievable. A Yankees regular season game for a team that plays 16 a year. Wow. Dan Quinn, on the other hand, for the Falcons, after the debacle against Chicago and the onside mess against the Cowboys the week before and all the problems he had against week one, Russell Wilson, although everybody has problems with Russell Wilson. Here's Dan Quinn on whether he has met with Arthur Blank, the owner of the Atlanta Falcons. Well, yeah, we, we visit every week, pregame, postgame, Mondays through the week. Um, but uh, anytime, Zach, honestly, that I take away from that, is time that all I can do um, is being in front of the team. What do you think about that? I mean, I, I expected I, as soon as he said it, you know, I expected him to say, oh, we meet every week, which is true. The owner stops by and you give him whatever it is that you give him or the owner, you know, have, have a schedule and Arthur Blank. One of the things about Arthur Blank that, that strikes me is he's always given somewhat of a vote of confidence to Dan Quinn, but he's also talked about being, you know, not satisfied, not happy with the performances of his team. If you go back to last year and you think about it prior to the second half of the season, they went in that thing, changed things around, got going. After there was a lot of grumblings about replacing Dan Quinn. Now you're 0-3. You're 0-3. And this owner wants to win. 
He wants to win badly. He's he goes to those owner meetings down at West Palm Beach and all those other places, and all his little buddies, they got Super Bowl rings. Right. They all got them big old yachts and them helicopters and planes and stuff. He doesn't have a ring. His time, you know, he, man, the time, man. They ain't got m- so much time to get one now. And if, if you're putting that type of product out on the field, paying restructuring deals of Julio Jones, paying players, bringing players in, right. doing those sort of things, and you're still at 0-3 and, and you can't figure out how to turn things around, at some point, Dan Quinn has got to be sent packing. That's just it. That's fair enough. He's a good coach, but it's not working out. It's hard to have a bad time in the breakers in West Palm. You're right. But uh, when you're and what, I, and, and what I would say about Joe Douglas, Joe Douglas has only had one draft class. And Douglas made his bones with personnel with the Eagles. Give him some time. He'll upgrade the talent. Jay Will gives us some time next. First blush at the NBA Finals. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin, the podcast. 